Get ready to hear some noise tonight. You're just seconds away from Let's Go Blues Radio. I know that we're all people just sitting here uh, looking at um, Nick eat a banana uh, <laughs> right now. I can't even focus. That anymore. looks like he's a tasty just, banana. He's the Burger King here in Troy has been uh, advertising for managers for a while, so we'll go through there next week. Eric Brewer was so bad. <laughs> <laughs> the Blues had made the playoffs 25 straight seasons before Eric Brewer arrived. After Brewer donned the note, the Blues missed the playoffs every season that Brewer was a Blue, except for one. No doubt about it, eh? You're listening to Kurt, Bill, and Jeff on Let's Go Blues Radio, the original St. Louis Blues hockey fan podcast. Take it away, boys. Welcome to Season 5, Episode 21 of Let's Go Blues Radio. We are live Thursday, uh, May 4th, 2017. Uh, This is franchise episode number 102 all time. If you are a new listener, Let's Go Blues Radio is a weekly program that talks St. Louis Blues hockey. We do welcome listeners to call in and chat with us live on the air, as well as tweet us questions or comments. Just go ahead and send those tweets to at LGB Radio, and we will read them live on the show. And to chat with us uh, on the air, you can go to letsgoblues.com slash radio and click on the Join Us graphic when we make that, uh, or actually right now, it's live right now. Uh, so feel, feel free to come on the air and talk some hockey with us right now. Uh, my name is Kurt Price, and joining me tonight is uh, Bill Day. Bill, how are you? I am, uh, well, uh, I'm good. I'm glad to be here. I'm ready to bitch and moan about the state of blues hockey. I just, I just got a tweet. I tweeted out my beer of the episode, and I'll get to it in a sec. I guess I'll get to it in a second. But, yeah, the uh, I, I tweeted out the wrong the wrong uh, brewer for the uh, for the beer. Oops. <laughs> Travis called. Travis called down it right away. I was like, uh, "Let me respond man. to Travis." I tweeted out my my beer is four hands, and it's the Urban Chestnut. <laughs> oh no! Oh. Yeah, I can't let that happen. You're gonna get booted from the STL uh, beer enthusiast Facebook group. Oh God forbid! That place is a train wreck. <laughs> yeah, so much. So, I mean, there's beer snobs, and then there's beer snobs. Yes, yes, yes. Somebody in my comment the other day about uh, you are not a true craft beer lover if you don't know where all of your craft beer is manufactured or is, or is bottled, is produced. I'm like, come on. If I if I enjoy craft beer, I'm not sure where it, what city it comes from. Okay, I, I I still like craft beer. Don't be a don't be a dick. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, yeah. It's uh, it seems like a beard heavy hipster. Uh, imperial stout hoarding place but yeah then again i do learn about new beers from it so i i like the info that's given i hate the i hate the opinions that are given i like the info that's given sometimes the guys get a little carried away with their opinions where it's like oh my god so the uh uh, the official beers of the episode uh that i just i kind of really screwed up to start the show (laughs) Uh, right, what, what do you what do you what do you have, Bill? Uh, so I've got uh, Left Hand's uh, Braveheart Nitro Scotch Ale. Um, it uh, yeah because as I said in my Twitter post about this, uh, we need the uh, inspiration of a William Wallace speech about now for the Blues. 
Uh, mine is, uh, and I'll get this right when I say it on the air, um, is the uh, Coco Cow Tao Chocolate Milk Stout from Urban Chestnut. I had this on the show before a number of weeks ago. Uh, had another bottle in the fridge, and I'm uh, using it up. So it's it's very good. There it is on camera. Quite quite good. Um, yes, from Urban Chestnut. Uh, chestnut, not Four Hands. Um, I do enjoy a number of Four Hands uh, beers, but uh, this one is not one of them. <laughs> ass. <laughs> Today in Blues History, courtesy of the at STL Blues History Twitter account, May the 4th. May the 4th be with you. Star Wars Day. Are you? Did you... Uh, are you a are you a May the Fourth celebrator, Bill? Um, no. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm a Star Wars fan. Grew up with it. You know, it, it was my childhood. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I don't get carried away with uh, the the May the Fourth stuff. Um, and I don't know. It, it, it's kind of like talk like a pirate day to me at this point. It's uh, just one of those things that uh, people I think get carried away with and. <laughs> although i did i did make a uh a, a may the fourth uh star wars reference in uh, my twitter reply to your uh almost there post about the show oh did i didn't see it yeah, it's very subtle it. very subtle you have to uh, know I'm every line of the movie the i'm not i'm not seeing it i'm sure it'll pop up uh, today in Blues history, May 4th, 1999. And this is actually very appropriate considering what the Blues are facing right now. Uh, the St. Louis Blues win Game 7 in overtime after being down three games to one versus the Phoenix Coyotes. Uh, Grant Fuhrer got the shutout, and Pierre Turgeon uh, scored the overtime goal. It was his second goal of the series. So uh, I, I, where, where were you uh, when that goal was scored, Bill? Um, I was... Uh, I was still uh, living at home at that point and just about got thrown the hell out of the house that night because <laughs> when uh, Turjad redirected the uh, Ricard Pearson shot into the net, I yeah, screamed and uh, I think it was probably about 12, 12.30, almost 1 o'clock and uh, woke my parents up and <laughs> they were they were none too pleased but uh, it had to be done. Oh god yeah. I uh, I was I was uh, in my uh, I had an apartment in Edwardsville at the time, <clears throat> and my wife at the time was downstairs in the laundry, uh, doing uh, laundry, which is what you do in a laundry. And uh, I was we were on like the third floor, I think it was, and she was in the basement. And when when uh, Turjan scored, uh, I yelled, and when she came up, she goes, "I could hear you all the way in the basement with the washers and dryers going." <laughs> I'm like, ah, yeah, I don't care. Yeah. And uh, my, my, my brother called me. He was at East, going to Eastern at the time, Eastern uh, EIU. And uh, after, like like about two minutes after after Turjan scored, my brother calls me and and uh, I pick up the phone. I go hello, and he just yells, "Let's go Blues!" It was it was a good time. That was a good game. That's and but fear fear uh, before game seven or before uh, when we're, they were down three games to one or three games to two, he said uh, he was quoted as saying, uh, "Get me to game seven. I won't let him score." Something like that. Yeah, get, I'll shut him out in game seven. Yeah, give me to game seven, and all I need is one goal. And uh, yeah. yeah, and and he delivered. And don't don't <laughs> forget also, um, what Jimmy Rivers pulled the puck off the goal line. It was behind Fuhrer headed in, and Rivers uh, was either in the first overtime or late in the third. Uh, Jimmy Rivers yeah, pulled the uh, 
uh, puck off the goal line, save the Blues season, and uh, the rest is history. Rico Pearson. <laughs> how how did Ken Wilson say Turgeon's name? Uh, Pierre Turgeon. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Pierre Turgeon. Turgeon. <laughs> Just like uh, uh, who are the Ducks announcers it's, that kept saying Francois Beauchemin. Beauchemin. <laughs> uh, oh, California. Yeah. Oh, California people. You know, uh, French. <laughs> Why should they? They're so far away from France and, and even Quebec. It's a, um, so uh, 1968, May 4th, 1968. Tickets. This is this is mind-boggling to me. It's just it, it's part of part of the bizarre and interesting blues history that you come across. You read these stories of early days, uh, early days of the blues, about just the weird things that happened on, off the ice, whatever. 1968. Tickets went on sale for the first Stanley Cup final game in St. Louis Blues history. Due to late ticket sales, the attendance was only 10,231. <laughs> they only had 10,000 people. Wasn't a sellout because they didn't start selling tickets early enough or something. It was very, I, I'd love to hear like a breakdown of why that happened or how soon they started selling tickets. They like only sold 10,000. So there were probably a few, couple thousand empty seats. Because I don't, I don't think the arena was quite, they didn't have the upper deck at the, the, uh, at the arena at the time. I don't think the, the end gondolas, I don't think they had yeah. those at the time. But so they didn't seat quite as many as the what seventeen thousand or sixteen thousand that it, it seated uh, uh, in its final days. But yeah, ten thousand two thirty one was not a sellout in the early days of the arena. Oh, uh, that it seems pretty gong show. <laughs> it's, it's it's just one more thing. It's, I mean, if you ever if you if you don't know in detail all the the the, the various crap and interesting stories that that is the Blues history, uh, check it out. Uh, St. Louis Game Time has some great old stories about the Solomons uh, and their history and the, the, the whole uh, checker dome and the Purina uh, locking the doors thing and uh, not sending people to the draft, uh, not drafting anyone one year, just crazy, bizarre stuff. Just st- stuff that no other organization probably has. I don't, I don't think just nuts. Yeah. Wasn't that uh, 83, uh, the year Iserman went uh, first overall. And, yeah. And- you know what? The, the thing, the, the thing with that draft though, it, I think it was, and it was 83, but the thing with that draft, I remember reading up when we had like trivia on it or something. The I think the Blues had traded away their first and second round picks anyway. So they wouldn't have had a high round pick anyhow, that, that draft. So Yeah, and they probably couldn't afford the plane ticket to get whoever to Montreal for the draft. Yeah, they had like four employees yeah. <laughs> hired because they just cut staff. Nuts. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's kind of like that, uh, you know, the story that got told on the, the Blues 50 special um, about, you know, after they lost to Calgary uh, in Game 7, the players had to find their own way home. Yeah, I know. They, they could, <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the, the NHL was going to pay for the charter to Montreal if they won. And, uh, yeah, so... Uh, it's amazing to think that you know that that could have ever happened because nothing like that would happen today. Did you uh, ever hear the quote that Brian Sutter had after the Blues were like? I guess they were kind of interviewing about that the, the Monday Night Miracle and then losing Game Seven. Did you hear what uh, he said about the Blues facing Montreal? About he goes, it's a shame too because we would have kicked their tails in the Stanley Cup Finals. Because we beat we 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 handled them pretty good during the season, 
So he was very confident the Blues would have beat them in the in the finals and won their first cup if they had, if they had beaten Calgary in Game Seven. <clears throat> That's interesting. Um, yeah. I'm pretty sure uh, back then it was kind of the same setup now where you play uh, play uh, every team twice, home and away. And uh, but but I want to say that uh, Patrick Watt didn't get called up. And he was the story in, in 86. He was the, the Conn Smythe winner as a rookie. And so um, if Sutter was basing it on previous games, I doubt the Blues had played Patrick Watt at that point. So, And that was the series that, uh, as, as heartbroken as I was about the Blues losing, uh, that was that was the series where uh, you know, Patrick Watt became my favorite player uh, and remained that until his retirement. So, so you did take something positive away from that that year, unlike most Blues fans. Uh, yes, but I was also ten years old. So, <laughs> you're thinking, ah, oh, we'll win it next year. Yeah, <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, <laughs> next year or the year after. And one of certainly in the next five, we'll win one. Yeah, and <laughs> little did I know that it would be 15 years later before we make it back to the conference finals and. Little did I know then that it would be another 15 years. So <laughs> it's every 15 years. Uh, yeah. And that's, that's what, you know, kind of one of the more heartbreaking aspects to uh, the way this second round series has trended for the blues is that, you know, we had a chance to go back to back in the conference finals and that would be huge in my opinion. And, uh, Oh yeah. yeah. So, uh, unheard of for this franchise to do this, something like that. Yeah. I mean, since, since the early days when, when they had, uh, the, the expansion route to the, Finals. Right. So yeah, uh, it's painful to think about. But we've got so, the, rest of the show to talk about it. Yeah, how about that? Uh, so let's get into it. The uh, Blues versus Predators uh, game four uh, was played a couple of nights ago, um, and yeah, so this was a scoreless game going into the third. Um, I you know up until the the fiasco that happened in the third. Uh, which we'll we'll kind of talk about at length, I guess. I I thought it was a f- I, overall. I thought it was a fantastic game. I, I enjoyed the game. I, I thought the Blues played a very good road game. Right, I did. That, but the, and it. Yeah, I was just going to say it, it's it was close to a perfect road game uh, in the playoffs as as you can get. I mean, yeah, it's it's fairly boring hockey. You're choking them off and not creating a ton of chances, but. All you need is the one break, and they were playing for that one break. And, and you and you would think that you would get one. Broke the wrong way. Yeah, you would think you would get one, and it did. They uh, they broke the wrong way. Which in the third period of this zero zero game, there was a scrum of players in front of the Nashville bench, pushing and shoving, guys pairing off, uh, not fighting, but you know, wrestling, shoving, grabbing, uh, whatever. And for some reason. The officials decided to give uh, Ryan Reeves and Edmondson penalties, which gave the Blues extra two uh, during the scrum, and put the Predators on the power play. Which so, I want to so, get your take on that, Bill. So, or go ahead. I was just going to say, did did Reeves get get a penalty there, or was it a double minor to Edmondson? Because I've heard both mm-hmm. things, and I, I haven't gone back to look at the box score. Uh, I, think, I know no. I know Reeves served it, but yeah, uh, Dan O'Rourke's the one that made the call, and he absolutely fucking blew it. Uh, Ryan, yeah, uh, Edmondson got two minutes for roughing against Cody McLeod. 
Ryan Reeves gets two minutes for roughing against Cody McLeod, and Cody McLeod gets two minutes for roughing against Joel Edmondson. So yeah. he got nothing for pushing and shoving with with Reeves. Yeah, and which and, he did. You know what what's happening at the other end of that scrum? You know Dan Dan O'Rourke is the one referee. He's he's got his eyes on Edmondson and on Reeves and and on McLeod. Um, Jean Hebert had the the other end of it, and any you know there were so many hits in that play uh in that scrum that could have been called either way and to give the blues an extra two in a playoff game zero zero third period an important game in a very important game right it's it swung the momentum of the series entirely for nashville you know they they had it they had momentum coming into this game now it's all in their favor and it's it's atrocious. It's atrocious that they would make that call. And you know, of course, you know, everybody in St. Louis is is saying the same thing. You know, we're, we're all on the same page on this. Um, you know, I've seen uh, you know Terry Frazier came out and said, if you make that call, you've got to even it up. There's yeah. you know, and and that's I immediately as soon as the Predators scored, I tweeted out. The Blues better be on the power play the rest of this game. <laughs> and, you know, it didn't happen. They got one power play and they called, a, you know, what you know, it was uh, too many men on the ice penalty. And, you know, Petrangelo didn't, you know, didn't hustle off the ice. So maybe it's deserved. But uh, again, that's pretty ticky tack in my opinion as well. And, the, you know, they didn't get, uh, you know, they didn't get the the even up call uh, that really gave them the chance to get back in the game, and uh, it's so frustrating, so goddamn frustrating. It, it's not just St. Louis fans and media either that are upset about the the extra penalty the Blues got during that scrum. Which, in that situation, in that game, uh, in the playoffs, with the score the way it was, you do you. Never ever give an extra penalty uh, to one team unless there's something blatantly obvious or over the top. You yeah, there's just just don't because everyone's doing something. Technically, because technically you could give eight guys a penalty for push and shoving after the whistle. Um, Laterra was involved. Laterra was involved with I forgot who it was. They were like arm and like headlocked each other down on the ice. They did more than than Reeves did. Um, and they got nothing. So I didn't, it, it, and and uh, Reeves gets a penalty because reputation, and McLeod gets a penalty because of reputation. Whatever. Um, but to give the Blues an extra one is just ridiculous. Um, I've I've yet to hear I've yet to hear anybody that isn't a Predators fan say that this was a, a good call. The national guys, the national even the the guys on NBCSN, they're you know uh, Milbury and Jones. They're like, oh, it's just bad call. It's a bad call. Um, and even the broadcast guys who didn't really say a terrible call they i think they've mentioned something like they were surprised it wasn't even up yeah so <laughs> yeah it's it, 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 you know it was um brian boucher and um uh oh. john forslin uh so yeah. you know we got we got the night off of pierre mcguire but for a wire there while there uh boucher was uh you know starting to i i felt it felt like he, you know, he started just piling on to the the Nashville bandwagon there. You know, the after after that, 
uh, the uh, the Predator score, you know, Edmund come, Edmondson uh, is out of the box and off the ensuing faceoff, takes a run at Subban, who turtles and, you know, yeah. before before they realized that uh, Subban had been called for embellishment, um, you know, which it's, you know, I think ultimately it's, it's the right call. But if you're going to make an even up call there, why didn't you make an even up call before? Exactly. But, That's but, a good point. But yeah, so Boucher at, at that point before the embellishment uh, is is announced uh, starts going off about how the Blues have just lost it and they're letting their emotions get the best of them and they're just they're going to play themselves right out of the series. And I'm like, all right, come on, Mister Hot Take, just tone it down a little bit, you know. Just that, you know. Of course, I'm pissed off because the Preds scored, and you know my emotions are getting you know probably the better of me. But Jesus Christ, the it, there's nothing worse than when it feels like the entire world is piling on and, and you have uh, a broadcaster who, you know, it, I, I don't know. I, I've always thought that Boucher is pretty decent, um, you know, but uh, when, so frustrating when, again. You know, um, the, the everybody who was by the bench, they said it during the game that, that LaViolette, <clears throat> the Predators head coach, he was – uh, lobbying hard, <coughs> excuse me, and their bench was lobbying hard for the extra penalty of the Blues during that scrum for for no, for no reason. I mean, they're they're, they're going to just try and get an edge like any team would, but they made a point to to say that. So meaning that Nashville was really really assaulting the referees to call a penalty, and the referees went along with it. And they uh, uh they they mentioned that on the air. And they mentioned it. Uh, the the players mentioned it. Um, I think uh, Yo mentioned it, uh, something like that, uh, in post game interview. So uh, he mentioned something about. So I guess we gotta do the same thing, which you should be doing anyway. I mean, Great. that's. But, but yeah, I mean, so the the fact that it was brought up that the Nashville the Predators uh, uh, bench and and coaching staff were really lobbying for the the power play there tells me that that was out of the ordinary. For the, so they were really so I, that that's annoying that the referees may have that may have had influence on them, um, so you know, or, or you know maybe maybe it was Carrie Underwood's bitching, uh, uh, when, <laughs> about the officiating on Twitter, that uh, that influenced the officials. Um, <laughs> I want I want to make I want to make I want to make a bumper sticker, I want to make a bumper sticker, uh, for a car that says my other ride is Carrie Underwood. What do you think about that? Have a blue blues logo on it. Oh, <laughs> mm. uh, um, yeah, no comments, no comments. No, okay. Um, I, it'd be fun. It'd be kind of funny. It, it would be. It would be. <laughs> uh, sell them for sell them for like five dollars. All right. Uh, K Whitmore, the super, the K Whitmore, the supervisor of the series, uh, uh, decl- former Hartford Whaler, K Whitmore. Declined comment on the penalties assessed uh, to Reeves Emerson. He called it a judgment call. Way to puss it out on answering that question. Uh, isn't that exactly what referees make every time? Yeah. It's always everything. A call. Every call is a judgment call at some point. I mean, oh, that's black and white. It's offside. Yeah, but you got to determine if it's offside or not. So it's a judgment call. Yeah. It's just, oh, oh, it's black and white. You know, the goal is the puck across the line or not. Well, yeah, that's that's black and white, but you have to make a judgment call whether it is or not at the time. So, this is a stupid comment to say. Come on, have an opinion. You're the, you're the, the 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 supervisor of the series. Have an opinion. 
Uh, he, I, which tells me that he really had nothing to say about it because he knows that it was it was a, a. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not going to say. It was. I will. You know. F, how the FCC call me? <laughs> which. Uh, if we, we had if we, if we had licenses and everything yeah well and if there was any kind of regulation of the internet at this point i think you're okay right uh well who knows in the future right yeah with uh, what's being passed who knows uh so yeah the predators end up scoring on the power play uh that they shouldn't have had uh now this is not to say i don't want to bitch and complain saying the blues would have won this game if they that penalty wasn't called they very well may have lost that game anyway because it was zero zero it didn't it didn't cost the blues a goal on their side i mean it cost the it gave the predators a goal essentially uh i know it is on the blues still to kill that right. penalty off right and which was which, which needs to be said because right. they're that that's that's something that that is not should not be glossed over that their pen, penalty kill has been not atrocious good. yeah it, it, and it, it really does help um you know when your defenseman doesn't check your goalie and knock him on his ass. I mean, I don't I, I wanted, I wanted to, you know, view that as uh, Colin Wilson uh, knocking over Bill Meester who knocked over uh, Allen and it's goaltender interference, but uh, no, no, that was all Bo Meester. Uh, and it, what, what kind of sucks about it is that uh, Ryan, it was, it came at the five Oh nine mark of the third. So five minutes, nine seconds into the third, Ellis, who scored the goal, um, and had was basically the entire team. That, him and him and Re- Renee were the entire team that game for Nashville. Right. Well, they've been the entire series except for yeah. Subban in Game One. Ryan Ellis has been fucking stud this yeah. series. He he actually whiffed on the shot, and it and it uh, he he it ended up. I mean, it stayed on the ice because when he shot it. I was. I didn't see. I didn't see the puck go in. I didn't know where it was. I couldn't see it. Mm. I was expecting the puck to go up because Allen was laying down. I'm thinking, oh, he's trying to go around, obviously. And he shoots, and I can't find it. I'm looking up, and it stayed on the ice. And the replay showed, obviously, it stays along the ice, and it goes between Allen's uh, head and the post, basically. Um, which so that sucks because the, the, they're on a power play they shouldn't have had. And then on their goal, he's trying to uh, he whiffs on it, and it still goes in. So that's just a bad break both ways for the Blues. Um, so, and that's really, and it that 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 goal was the first goal of the game again for Nashville. They've scored first in uh, every game in the series, and the Blues right. have uh, only won once in the playoffs. I think when the other team has scored first, and that so, wasn't and this it, series. Oh wait, no, it was this series, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. They're it, one in three. Well, yeah, because Nashville scored. You just said Nashville scored every. Yep, yep, the opening yep. goal, and that's that. That is true. I mean, that was that was that is the key. I mean, if if Nashville comes out and scores early tomorrow night, uh, might turn the game off because it's it's over. Um, I mean, they just they the Blues and the Predators play both play very well with the lead, and you know the the uh, the only lead that you know the Blues have had now was the last three minutes, twelve seconds of Game Three. So, yeah, they, yeah, they've they've had uh, the the Predators have led for a substantial amount longer than the Blues. The, the Blues it was it like three minutes and something the Blues have led in the series. Yeah, three minutes plus. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, game two. I said game three. Yeah. So Edmondson's roughing penalty to PK Subban. As soon as Edmondson comes out of the box, <laughs> he goes after Subban, which you know. Um, Edmondson hits uh, PK Subban as as he came out of the box, uh, serving the penalty, 
And uh, so then Emerson goes right back into the box um, with Subban, who got a penalty for embellishing. And I didn't like on the broadcast. I hate it when the broadcast team, and this is my opinion, I mean, but uh, I, I hate it when I feel that they get something so wrong and they just don't, they're not seeing what I'm seeing. And and let me let me know if you agree with me on this. I think you, you mentioned earlier that you thought he, Subban kind of turtled and, and embellished a little bit. So uh, Edmondson goes after him. What Edmondson did was a penalty. He hit him high, hit him in the head. Uh, and, but because Subban turtled, you know, so gets the back of the head. But then Subban's laying around on the ice, hands over his face. And you didn't get hit in the face. You had, you, he kind of hits you with his, with his, you know, gloves stick in the back of the head. So he's holding his face on his eyes on the ice and he's just taking forever to get up. And I'm like, get up. And Emerson's saying, get up. And uh, that's where the embellishment comes. He's trying to say he's hurt on the ice, which I agreed with. I thought, I thought the way he was hit, I'm like, he's not even, he's not holding the back of his head. He's just laying there on the ice. He's taking forever. He's fine. And uh, so, yeah, he didn't have to do that. If he hops up, I think the Blues get a power, the Blues get a penalty, and they get a power play again. But he's sitting there embellishing on the ice. Right. So if, I don't know if, what. You... If he if he hops up, uh, Brian Boucher's hot takery is right. The Blues are losing their emotional edge in the game, and yeah. But it, it, no, it, it to me, you know, it, it was uh, you know was embellishment um, just for for the mere flat fact of flopping around on the ice. Um, you know, it's it, you know, it was it was definitely you know. Uh, I, I don't think there was a chance there that uh, penalties weren't going to even up uh, from that point on during the game. At that point, the refs knew that they had swayed the uh, the flow of the game, and so they, yep. you know, if there was a chance to uh, to even things up, they were going to do it. Unfortunately, you know, as I had talked about that too many men on the ice penalty, uh, it, it kind of uh, went both ways. What you don't want the referees to do is determine the outcome of the game and you want the teams to do that and by calling that penalty on that extra penalty in the scrum that is the definition of the referees determining the game calling a phantom penalty that they didn't see they didn't i don't know what they were looking at um they decided to give reeves because they're both they're both shoving each other um reeves stick stick came up but i mean they're both shoving you can take them both off that's what that's just the way it works yeah, well, I, I, you know, I, if I had to speculate, I, I'd say that the uh, penalty for Reeves came because of the, uh, you know, after Edmondson and McLeod were, you know, giving it to each other, you know, a couple cross checks back and forth, Reeves bear hugged him. And if that's what you're going to call, it, you know, to me, that's it, it's Reeves trying to simmer the situation down, trying to, you know, stop, you know, people from cross-checking one another. I, I, you know, it wasn't like he put a glove to the guy's face. He bear hugged him and pulled him away. See, I thought they might've given him the penalty cause they didn't say, I mean, they obviously don't know exactly when the, the penalty was called, but I thought it was when they were, they were shoving back and forth and Reeves had his stick like this and they shoving, shoving, shoving McLeod shoves, he shoves and his stick came up a little bit and kind of got him like right here in the, in the upper chest. But um, I guess, so I, I guess, you know, we can only speculate because they wouldn't say it. They wouldn't even tell Petro. Right. And that, that, that was the yes. amazing thing to me that Petro comes out after the game and says, first time in my professional career, referee wouldn't explain a penalty. Uh, I thought the C meant something. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah that's, that's what the C is for. So you can talk to the officials 
and to to have the official i know the official talked to yo because he called him over i saw that but i don't know how long but he wouldn't talk to Petrangelo. right and he he didn't give yo an explanation either the blues did not get an explanation at least uh, based on what i read of the uh, the post game commentary and quotes the blues did not get an explanation for where the penalty on rapes came out that there is a load of uh, baloney that's just crap yeah I, I mean, it, 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 you can't do that. It's a playoff game. It's a. It's not. This isn't the 14th game of the season. This is a playoff game that the Blues had to win. I mean, they didn't have to win, but they really wanted to win. They needed to win this game um, to avoid uh, being in a big hole. And and it's a third period scoreless playoffs game four. You're not explaining penalties, and you're calling fan. You call it bad penalty. You don't explain it. The reason why you didn't explain it. You know you've screwed up. I, I, that's the only that's the only explanation. I mean, if if you if you're confident in your call, explain the damn thing. Explain it to Petrangelo. Explain it to go. I don't think I don't think I, I, they just they screwed up. And you would think you would think that that if they realize they screwed up to to even it out later, which which Carrie Fraser will say has never happened in the NHL, but it's called. I mean, it's they don't call them Revlon calls for nothing. So <laughs> they're makeup calls. Right, and they've always. It's. I, I mean, I don't think you see as much anymore, but back back in the eighties, nineties, you saw it all the time. Mm, yeah, yeah. Frazier Frazier uh, did say that you know at, at that point everything should be evened up, and you know I guess except for the uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs in ninety three, yeah, uh, Frazier was pretty good about making things up. <laughs> oh, don't that series sucked. Oh, that was a good series. Great series. Just... Oh, I, I was referring to the uh, uh, the Kings uh, and oh. the uh, the high stick uh, in the uh, conference finals. Um, oh, I thought you meant uh, the Blues and the, the Leafs in the '93. Well, well, yeah, I mean that that too. But all right, um, Nick Caprios. Yeah. <laughs> um, James Neal. Added the insurance goal. This goal, um, they they ended, they ended up need, needing this goal because uh, it was they made it two nothing at the time. And and uh, depending who you ask, this goal was either a fantastic shot and a fantastic effort by Neil, or a fluky lucky goal. <laughs> uh, it's um, kind of both. It's kind of both. It's kind of both. Yeah. So I'm gonna say it's a shitty fucking defensive play by David Perron and Carl Gunnarsson. Perron. Just so weak on the puck, gets you know, gets it picked, and then neither he nor Gunnarsson uh, are aggressive against Neil, and uh, Gunnarsson screens Allen, and it's it's a kind of a fluttering shot. Um, it, it knuckles, that, it knuckles around right, Allen, it knuckles right, around him, it curves right, and it's I'm there's nothing Allen could do there. But there was something that Perron and Gunnarsson can do there, and that's that's the problem I have with that play. It's just it's atrocious, and you know I, I saw no end of, you know where the hell did the regular season David Perron go? He's disappeared in the playoffs. You know I've One seen is- no end of that, you know uh, the last couple of days, but especially after that play. One assist. He has one assist in the playoffs, which <clears throat> is I mean. He's 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 better than that, and it's just he he just uh, has disappeared. Right. So I and I the thing the thing with the with the Neil thing is that um, 
you know, the the Blues had. I I I I, paused, I replayed it and I paused it. Went right when Neil took a shot. When Neil took the shot, he was the only predator in the offensive zone right. in the Blues defensive zone. Right. There were four Blues players. There were four Blues players in the defensive zone. Two of them between Neil and the goal, Perron and uh, Gunnarsson. And yeah. so now, now if if they're not playing him aggressively, it's probably because they don't consider him a threat, which he really wasn't in, in that spot on the ice. He wasn't a threat. He's turning, wheeling, firing. Ninety-nine thousand times out of ten thousand, a hundred thousand, he's that's going to be. Uh, stopped by Allen caught or go wide or whatever. It's just going to, it's just not going to go in. It just doesn't happen. That shot does not go in ever. And it was just a, I think it was, I think it was just a, a poor play by Perron and bad luck that Gunnarsson was having to be screening him. Uh, just kind of, and, and the bad luck, the knuckles and curves, you can see the, you can see the damn thing curve around Allen. Allen didn't pick it up right away. Cause it, cause he had the screen going. Um, just a just a crappy the two go I don't know I, I mean I don't want to sound it's gonna sound bitter but damn it if, if it's, most of the goals that Predators have scored have been on power plays that sh- probably shouldn't have been power plays or f- f- fluky misfired goals or or goofy things um the the the, the first two goals on the power play in game one uh, not the first two the the two power play goals in game one. I, I we talked about it. I think I didn't think there were penalties at all. They there were bad bad calls in for playoff games, and uh, the same thing with last game. They had a bad call goal against, and this fluky goal uh, that led to the second goal. It's just uh, Nashville has literally almost gotten every bounce in this series, and every and every and the calls they've got, they've taken advantage of on the on the power play. They've been opportunistic on their power plays for the most part. So, right. and so, and that's on the blues to kill them off and they can't do it. And it just sucks. Right. It's, it's kind of the, uh, you know, the, as far as puck luck goes, it's the inverse of the wild series. You know, the wild dominantly outplayed the blues for so much of that series. Uh, but everything broke the blues way. And so far in, uh, in this series, uh, I think the only thing you can say that's broken the blues way was, you know, Tarasenko's game winner and, uh, you know, in game two, uh, you know, it's, I think it deflected off of uh, somebody's stick in the slot and just, just enough uh, to the, uh, the right of Rene that he couldn't get his pad on it. And, you know, it, every, everything else has seemed to have broken the Preds way. And everything, and also in game two, we got the breaks with the, with the penalties. We had what, six power plays. They had none. Yeah. So that, and that, that, that kind of skews cause people will say, Oh, the overall numbers for the for the series, you know, they're the penalties called are are not that lopsided. I'm like, well, you're also figuring in game two where the Blues got six penalties and the Nashville got none, so you, you throw out game two, which I guess you can't do because it's part of the series. Why would you throw it out? But four games, uh, the officiating has been actually all four games. Because you could say in game two, did Nashville deserve a power play? Yeah, at some point, sure did. Absolutely. The, 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 I don't think in the history of the NHL a team has ever gone uh, honestly an entire game without being deserved of a penalty. <laughs> and uh, they just miss them. So I, and I, I, assure, I assure you the Blues committed at least a few penalties that went uncalled in game two. Yeah. So <clears throat> do, uh, going back to game two, um, and I don't, I don't think we, uh, we've had a show since then. 
Uh, um, I don't know. No, we, we, did, we did a show after game one, I think. Uh, yeah, so if we're going to debate calls, what about the call on Vern Fiddler? Do you think that was the right call to even five in a game for uh, the Perico oh, hit? For the Perico hit? Um, it was, uh, you know what? I mean, it was knee on knee. Uh, he didn't, he, uh, he didn't make an effort to get his knee. Uh, he, it was knee on knee. He initiated the hit. So, I mean, um, was the knee stuck out? I mean, a little bit. Um, did he, he wasn't, it wasn't blatantly bad. Um, I don't know. I, 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 I think, I think you have to, I think you have to give him five in a game with the way Pareko went down. It looked bad. I mean, he's got rubber bones or something. Cause he remember his, his, uh, right in his, uh, in New York his ankle. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. He's, was it last year? Yeah. It, no. Yeah. It was, uh, well, yeah, this is the second year of the season. Yeah, last year. It was, uh, in, uh, on Long Island. Uh, yeah, it's like completely bent backwards, and everybody said, "Well, <laughs> it was a fine rookie campaign, and uh, yeah. we'll see him next year." And he's yeah. back out three uh, shifts later. It, it was one of those plays where you look at the replay and you're like, "Oh my god, his it, that thing is is like it bent like almost uh, almost 180 degrees the wrong way, <laughs> his ankle, and it just yeah. uh, that 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 toe pick just toe picks in the ice and just sticks there and you, your leg just bends back and you're just your ankles at the mercy of the rest of your body falling on top of it oh just so awful and then he comes back he, he missed a couple what a few, like a few shifts yeah and he came and, back yeah <sighs> just, that was amazing but uh, i don't know my take on on the fiddler thing is it, it it could have gone either way and i think the reason why he got them five in the game is you know a couple of years ago the the nhl focused on you know, hits on players coming around the net because there isn't there isn't a lot of space for you to get out of the way at that point. Um, couple that with it being knee on knee, and you know there was, you know, Pareko couldn't get out of the way of the hit, and it was it was pretty predatory. Um, you know, the uh, if if they would have only given him two, I, you know, I I probably would have. Begrudgingly accepted it, but I, I think it, it, was- it, it, it depends because it, at the time Pareko looks like it's a bad injury. It does, right. and so they they have to make the call right then and there. They can't wait to see if he's okay. And based on, I mean, it, what if what if Pareko is gone for the series, right? And they and they only and, give Fiddler two minutes. Then right. it looks like it's a bad call. So right. I, I think I think they erred on the side of caution mm-hmm. there and, and gave him five in a game. Yeah, and and based on that, I think it's you know it it if that is their thing, that's that is probably the the correct way to uh, to think of that. And and you know because what it comes down to is you know it, it it's you can defend that. Whereas in you know if he wasn't uh, if he didn't come back from the hit, you can't defend that. Right. And uh, now if it was Johansson. Who hit Pareko? Do they give him five minutes in a game? Probably not. Or, <laughs> or Philip Forsberg or Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I don't think so. Um they wouldn't they, it was Tarasenko hit, you know, uh Ellis or whatever. They they're not gonna give him a five minutes in a game. So I, I think it, it it it's like it's a I mean, it's like the the scrum, you know, it was Reeves and Edmondson. So they're, 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 they'll easily give them penalties just because oh well, they're they have a reputation of you know taking uh, taking penalties so uh, that's that's it's easy call. Um, 
so Joel Edmondson gave the uh, Blues a chance with uh, <laughs> all of a sudden the leading goal scorer for the Blues, Joel Edmondson, uh, with yeah. just under four minutes to go on a, on a fluttering shot, a slap shot uh, he laid into, hit the upper upper glove corner post, crossbar post corner, and it uh, came down, hadn't gone in yet, and then it bounced like six inch, six inches off the line and then rolled in, um, thankfully. Uh, it was Edmondson's third of the playoffs, and he leads the Blues in goals. Uh, which is great for him, but sad for the team as a whole <laughs> that he has the uh, the team leading goals. Uh, so I mean that was a that was a nice shot. It wasn't tipped. Yeah, I mean he got it. It was fluttering, um, but it uh, it, was, it was. You cannot put a puck any more in the corner and have it go in. I think that's about as far in the corners can go and still go yeah. in. God, he laid into it as as hard as you could possibly lay into a puck, and he buried it and. You know, just after everybody had given up all hope after the Neil goal, uh, here he is to spark the eternal hope that we all despise as Blues fans. Which made me that much more pissed about the Neil goal at the time. Yep. Grant, granted, I know that if Neil hadn't have scored, right. you know, uh, Alan the it goes wide. The, right. right. Yeah, it's butterfly. The fallacy, effect, call it. fallacy of the predetermined outcome. Right. So yeah. So every th- every play that happens after that point, if Neil doesn't score, is different because the puck's in a different spot, face-offs a different area, different players on the ice. It completely changes. So who knows if Edmondson scores still, or or if the Blues score three goals in the final uh, few minutes, but it didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't matter. So uh, we actually won the face-off battle in this game, fifty-three percent to forty-seven. Which that's, was uh, right. That's huge coming out of uh, what we hadn't. Uh, we hadn't even been in the forties in, in the right. uh, percentage wise in the series. So, if there's one positive thing to take from this game, that's got to be it. Unfortunately, well, we, we, unfortunately, the uh, the we, center combinations include Yuri Laterra, and uh, I uh, I'm hoping for Brodziak to be back in there. We uh, we won the faceoff battle in game two. Did we? We uh-huh. we won it, yeah. We won we've won two games so far, but uh-huh. the games we've lost has been substantial. Yeah, it's it's been and hurt us and, and right it's... because losing losing uh, we lost. I think they said uh, we lost like nine uh, faceoffs in our own zone. We lost like everyone in game one. Didn't win a single one in our own zone, and f- four of them were on their one of their power plays, which they scored on. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that is where you have to bear down and you have to win those faceoffs. And uh, the Blues had have really done a poor job throughout the series. So, you know, I get I guess uh, it it is a silver lining to a a very very difficult loss. Um, but uh, you know, now here we are. We're on the brink. We were uh, we were zero and two on the power play. So the power play was uh, bad again and allowed uh, another power play goal, uh, one power play goal in that game. Granted, the one power play goal they scored, uh, that was the one that they should not have been on. <laughs> so that kind of sucks. Um, we outshot the Predators 33 to 25. So that was that was uh, uh, good. Um, now the Blues, like we said, we talked about it, the Blues played a pretty damn good road game, um, but they just could not beat uh, Rene uh, enough to 
to win. Yeah, you're not going to win when you score one goal. It's just always to it. Um, unless you're the Blues in 1999 and you're playing Phoenix in Game 7. Um, Ryan, Ellis, Ryan Ellis would be the MVP for Nashville so far, if not for Rene. So he has uh, three goals, two assists in the four games. And he's blocked a ton of shots, played some great D, and he even saved a goal. He saved, did you see the goal he saved yeah. on the goal line? Yeah. He was on his knees. Un- that was going in. That was, yeah. it was going in, and he was on his knees on the goal line to take it out. So not only did he score a goal, he, he's, he's uh, 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 taking goals off the goal line and blocking shots left and right. Yeah, uh, he, he had two huge blocks in the last three minutes of that game last night. You know, the uh, kudos, I, I guess another thing that we can say kudos to the Blues for is uh, not giving up empty net goals where they've got yeah. the goalie pulled and putting on some yeah. pretty damn good pressure. Yeah, um, and that's, but, that's the, for four minutes the in game uh, game one. But, yeah, it seems like the Preds are collapsing so, so low around their net that it's, it's you know, you're, you're basically playing against three goalies instead of, you know, yep. just just Pecker in a now you have to beat Ryan Ellis and uh, PK Subban and Matias Ekholm and Roman Yossi and it, it just they've I don't know it, to me the the Blues reluctance to shoot from the point and you know maybe bruise them up a little um, get them thinking twice about getting in the lane um, you know I, I think that the Blues should have done a lot better job early in the series uh, at, at just letting some more shots go from the point. And it's, it's, you know, that, that may have paid dividends at this point, but you know, what are you going to do at this point? Steen, uh, Steen's block when he broke his stick. Oh, his stick. incredible. Oh, fantastic block. From the, I mean, that's, that was the, the blues did a heck of a job blocking shots too. And that was a fantastic one. That may yeah. have been the best block shot of the game. Oh, and, and the, oh, well, yeah, let's talk about that. The, the he, he uh, I thought oh god his ankles uh, <laughs> bruised severely after that block shot. Yeah, yeah, it's a uh, kick saving a beauty, man. I just throwing the leg out there, and uh, you know that, that just God. If if there was one thing that could have got the Blues going at that point, that that was it. And man, mm-hmm. it just it takes so much balls to block shots, and you know, steam just like that. Because yeah. you, you don't have you don't have padding on the inside of your knee, the in, and it's not much inside of your knee, the inside of your skate. There's not much there, and you're 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 doing a kick save, uh, old school style like that. Oh my god! Yeah, God. On hundred mile an hour shots coming your way, frozen pucks. Yeah, it's painful to think about. <laughs> um, and so speaking of uh, kick saves, uh, I want to talk about what I think is a save of the series. Uh, was uh, Allen's Allen's. <laughs> <laughs> Allen's a fan, unbelievable toe save. Oh my god! Yeah, the uh, the uh, dislocated it, groin save he made. Jeez. Oh my god! He 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 was twisted like a pretzel, looking back, trying to reach back to kick it out, and he got it. Yeah, and uh, it was on on James Neal of all people, who just is all over the Blues too. In the third period, to keep it score, it was a scoreless game at the time. I'm like, oh my god. Yeah. Um, that was the I was that maybe the save of the playoffs for me. There's been some fantastic saves in the playoffs. But that that's not going to get you the that's not the as as uh, dramatic as the the glove saves you see or as or as like as a fan favorite the gloves are, you know windmill on the glove in the air it's it's fun to see that that kick save was the most difficult impressive save I've seen in the in the playoffs this, this year yeah that it amazing it, amazing that he got his toe on it and amazing that he didn't rip his groin. <laughs> that know, right? God, just it it was it just seemed it seemed almost like an unnatural motion 
Uh, I know. And, uh, you know, but God, he has been so good. Um, yes. It's just, you know, we, we just haven't been able to score enough goals for the guy. And, uh, and how often, and how often in the Blues history, how many times have they been down like 3 1 a series or losing a series like this, where they're down and out, and goaltending wasn't a concern? It's like, oh, goaltending hasn't been an issue at all. Yeah, no, I know. It, it, that's, that is the, the most, uh, anti-blues thing, uh, at, you know, at least for the last, you know, since Grant Fuhrer was around, um, you know, the, uh, to, to not worry about your goaltending, um, but just not be able to put pucks in the net. Uh, I know. And that's, that is it, to oversimplify it. They're just not, they're not winning because they're not scoring and they cannot beat Rene. And that, that, is something that has plagued the Blues in their playoff history, not scoring goals, getting beat yeah. by a goalie. Have a goalie having a goalie almost single-handedly beat you uh, when you have so many opportunities to score, good chances, and just get stoned, robbed, and you 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 just can't, and you, that's why you lose. Yeah, lack of lack of uh, offensive depth up front. I mean, I think you pointed this out. On Twitter, uh, the absence of Robbie Fabry uh, is yeah. so obvious. Um, you know, I've heard that maybe Berglund's playing through a, yet another injury. Um, but God, it, it's for whatever reason. You know, if it's not Tarasenko and it's not Schwartz, uh, you know, the, the forwards aren't scoring. And, uh, you know, if, if it's not Edmonton, the defense isn't scoring. And, you know, if all you got to do is shut down three or four guys, uh, it, it, uh, it's fairly easy task. I think, I think, uh, <clears throat> what should be noted, the blues have done a commendable job on is that after game one, when Subban basically beat us single handedly, um, it was noted that that can't happen. So, and Subban has not done a whole lot since right. he has one assist since then. And they have done a really good job of, of, uh, of isolating him and, and taking him out. Of the play, I mean, he's had he's had a, he's had a couple of good chances, but uh, he has not been all over the place running wild like he was in game one, right? But you know, shut him down and Ryan Ellis steps up, and, yeah, and that's the thing. I know. You know, the Blues haven't had anybody to to do that and step in, and ah, uh, uh, so frustrating. Um, so the uh, we're facing a three-one deficit. So the chances the Blues can come back and force a game seven. They've done it twice in their history before that they come, they come back from 3-1, and they've won both times. They In 91 versus Detroit and in 99 versus Phoenix. Um, so winning, you know, winning game five wouldn't surprise me at all. We're at home. Their backs are against the wall. You know, I, it, it wouldn't surprise me if they came out like gangbusters and actually won the game. That wouldn't surprise me. Um, what troubles me is the game six that looms if they win game five, trying to win a game six in Nashville. That is going to be the monumental task that this team would face if they happen to win game five. I, that, I, they'd have to win game five in convincing fashion to have anybody thinking that they could come back and win a game six in Nashville. Yeah. And I don't know if it's going to happen or not. Yeah. I, it's, I can see it going both ways. I can see them coming out like gangbusters and, you know, like you said, come out and 
get a quick one and then, you know, be able to ride that, you know, uh, what, what I fear will happen is a repeat of the last game where it's, you know, it's a tight game and, you know, a fluke bounce or a shit call, you know, sends the game the Predators way. Um, You know, I could also see the Blues come out and just lay a giant egg. Um, I mean, it doesn't sound well, like they've that. Done, they, <laughs> they've done that a lot of times in history. They've laid a giant egg in a in a in a, uh, in a elimination l- game. Elimination game, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, lose six six nothing. Yeah, I mean, they've you know, if you listen to the the quotes today, you know, Stastny and you know all all the guys, you know, they were all saying the right things, but you know, the talk doesn't matter. It's what happens when that puck drops tomorrow night. Here, here's the, here's what I, I want them to do, and I, I tweeted this out earlier today. Um, I think um, if they if they fight and they play hard and they play well and they fight like hell, and if they still lose, they're not meant to win. I mean, if they, if they put their best effort out in Game Five and they still lose, tip your hat to Nashville; they were the better team. Uh, make you know regroup and come back next year um but if they if they don't play to their potential in game five it's going to be so frustrating um that they couldn't get the job done in game five just play fight fight like hell i mean give a kick-ass effort in game five and give it everything you've got you have to right um right you've got to show the desperation that you know that it takes to win uh what what you know what are you gonna do you gonna go out there and not play your best and then think about it all summer i mean that yeah yeah, yeah they, that, that's they, that that's a that's a lot to to, to sit on to you didn't play your best and you 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 didn't you left stuff on the ice you know you just that's 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 hard to take i i, I don't if you if you play and you're playing in the in the, the big time and you, you're making tons of money millions of dollars a year and you're, you're you're paid very well to bust your ass out there and give everything you got and you don't or you or it doesn't look like you do i'm not i i think i think the players are going to give it everything they have i really do um unless the game's like four or five nothing in the third you can, might see some players gonna give up whatever that's natural but i think if it's a close game or a winnable game uh they're going to give it the, their all and and but the problem is if if they don't if, if things aren't executed well or if they're just not clicking they're they're trying they're busting their ass they're trying really hard but it's just not working a lot of times it comes off like they're not trying and that's the issue i have when a lot of people are saying the effort's not there well the effort's there especially in a you know close game of the playoffs the effort's there usually i mean you just to say they don't the team's not trying or the effort isn't there it's kind of Ah, I don't know. I and mean, the effort's there. It's just, just not. Just things aren't working. I don't know. I think they. I think they need to score like four or five goals tomorrow, to, to get some confidence about beating Rene and getting some maybe play, place a seat of doubt, in the the Predators' mind. Oh wow, they they lit up Rene in our defense for four or five goals. Um. It, and if they score, they score first. Score the first damn goal tomorrow, and see what happens. If they score first, they're going to win. I'll say that. Yeah. It, well, I mean, I, I think that's that's been my my uh, talking point and my hope for forever game this series so far. If the Blues come out and can score first, it, it they can control the flow of the game. And I, 
I think they can hold on and win. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, I don't know how much more you can break it down. It's just the game's got to be played and they have got to, they've got to come out and just hope that they can break through. And that's, you know, it feels desperate to, to be saying that, you know, you have to hope that you can break through against Becker yeah. Rainey, but yeah, he's been so good. Um, I'm we've scored on him. I, I mean, we scored more on him I, again to beat a dead horse we scored more on him in the first game than Chicago did their entire series. Um, but it, you know, we we're down three to one. We haven't scored enough on him. Let's, let's get out there and let's, let's take it to him. So what's, what's going to happen the rest of the series? How's it, how's it going to play out, Bill? You, you tell me and I'll, I'll tell you what I think. Um, I think that uh, the Blues are going to lose a heartbreaker tomorrow night at home. I think I think the Blues win tomorrow, and I think they get blown out in Game Six. That is where my money is going to go. If I have, if I'm, if I have to bet a thousand dollars of my own money, I'm going to say, I'm going to say they win tomorrow and they lose in Game Six in Nashville. Uh, what so I they, hope, they, what I hope to God happens. I hope to God that they can win tomorrow and they get momentum and they steal one in Game Six, and all of a sudden it's in Game Seven, and then. Then you, and then you hope for the best because uh, anything can happen in game seven. So really, yeah. really, you win, you win, you win two games. You win two games, and you're in game seven. You don't have to win three. You don't don't be thinking to win three in a row. Right. You uh, said just to win two to get back to game seven. Just do what Nashville just right, did. Two, right. Exactly. Win two games. Win two stinking games to get to game seven, and then you've got momentum, and then let this ride the wave in game seven, and hopefully uh, in the crowd you'll be at home. Uh, would go nuts. Um, so win two games and then get to game seven and see what happens. Okay. All right. So I've got uh, just take a, a pause here for a second. I've got uh, an HL network on in the background and it's muted. And this is the most bizarre sequence that I think I've seen. So, so they're, they're doing their, their little mini rink uh, and play breakdowns. Uh, and so it's uh, Mike Johnson, former blue Mike Johnson, and uh, John McClain uh, playing the, uh, the role of the defenseman of the forward. And uh, the, uh, the lovely Jamie Hirsch as the, yeah. uh, uh, as the goalie. <laughs> and for about... I've seen that. I saw that earlier. Yeah. I saw that earlier. There was... <laughs> Isn't that the most bizarre shit they had? <laughs> They're like, oh, okay, so you get down on your knees here, and, uh, and, and so Jamie Hirsch and some, you know, looks like it's uh, I don't know if that's leather, uh, leather pants, tight leather pants, and they're making her like get down uh-huh, on her knees uh-huh. and play goalie. Yep. I mean, this with the sound off. All I can imagine is that this is some <laughs> sick sex fetish, <laughs> some, it, some crazy, well, some crazy hockey sex fetish. But uh, it it might very well be. <laughs> uh, it's, I, it would, I it would make it would make for a great caption. This <laughs> take take some screenshots, take photos. Uh, yeah, this, they they have her doing stuff on there uh, often. Uh, I, last week I saw her doing something. She was not in goal. She was had, she had gloves on and she was uh, she had a stick, and uh, you know like a forward. And she was uh, she was doing some stuff on there. And uh, yeah, that was that was uh, it was pretty uh, interesting. I'll say. Yeah. All right. 
So, uh, so uh, I, I interrupted uh, the the end of our prediction segment. So, oh no! I, well, I, I think I think we wrapped it up. I I'll, I think they're gonna win tomorrow. I think they they I think they 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 have their home. They're they're, they're gonna be like a, a cornered rabid dog, and they're gonna win tomorrow. And but I think um, I've bet money on it. I, I hate saying this. I hate saying the Blues are gonna lose, but I just have no confidence in them winning in Nashville. Nashville is so good at home. That crowd is ridiculous. Um, and the Blues have shown that they just can't score on Rene uh, yeah. in Nashville. So, I mean, that, that, if, they, if, they can, if they can do it in game five and light him up for you know, four, four or five goals, okay, well, maybe they can score a few in Nashville. And if they score a few in Nashville, or maybe Allen plays off his mind and, and shuts him out in game six, that would be fantastic. Um, and then comes back and, I tell you what, let's, Allen just pitches a shutout. Boom, boom, boom! Five, six, seven, and uh, he'll he'll uh, he'll be the series MVP, and we can go on to to the conference finals. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It it feels like everything's been so razor thin right now that uh, you know the the Blues, if they can get a, a bounce or two um, to go their way, and you know we can wind up on on the right side of the uh, the razor thin line. Uh, you know, I. I I love it, you know. Of course, of course, I'm going to cheer for the Blues to to make it all the way back. I just realistically, I I just think that you know, based on their play uh, at at this point, um, you know, it seems like the uh, we've definitely hit the law of diminishing returns when it comes to uh, puck luck. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, I hopefully I hopefully the puck. I mean, hopefully we get some puck luck and it starts bouncing our way. Because really, we mentioned earlier, they have not gotten a whole lot of bounces and they have not gotten a whole lot of calls. Yeah. Um, so I, 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 they haven't gotten a lot of questionable calls. Like, like they haven't had the bad, really bad calls. Like a number of them go against the Predators to, to and, then, and then Blues haven't capitalized on the power play. So you get, if you get the calls, score a power play goal in game five. Uh, stay out of the penalty box. You know, if they can, if they can like keep it to two or three penalties, that'd be great um, in the game. Um, and and if you get a penalty, kill off, kill it off. Um, they're they're just not doing that. Win some faceoffs. That was better in game four, uh, especially in your own zone. Um, and get the first goal. There's so many things that that you know keys of the game, the, the the bullshit keys of the game crap they always talk about. That's pulling stuff out of a hat could beat any game. Or oh, that's that's you know apply pressure to the forwards on the on the power play. Well, yeah, no kidding. Yeah, that's every game, every team, every time. Um, but uh, sc- score first. That's something they have not done in this series, and they, they need to do. Yeah. Um. Let's 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 play the lead. Yeah. That's that is totally the key to to tomorrow night's game. It's the the key to whatever game is left in this series. Get some redirects because Renee's stopping everything. Right. So get some bodies in front. Get get the shots through. I, I love the play. I love the play um, where the the points the shots from the point, and it's a purposefully shot wide. Uh, pass to a guy at the side of the net who redirects it past the goalie who came out the top of the crease. I love that play. Um, granted, it's not always going to be there, but right. Right. if they can look for it, if, 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 try and if, shoot it around Rene. That's wind up, fake shot, side of the net. Hopefully, this guy there tap it in. 
Yeah, it's Nashville's done such a great do- job of clogging all shooting lanes. Uh, you know, it, de- in the, it doesn't look like the Blues have tried to make those adjustments to, you know, to to get just off the angle. You know, if if, the, if they're not there, they're going to pass around, and you know, they're it, they've been, you know, in my opinion, a little too hesitant to shoot. Um, but yeah, look for those plays, like you said. Look for the, you know, the getting somebody set up just off the crease for a little redirect. Um, you know, one of the better chances the Blues had when the game was scoreless the other night was, uh, you know, Magnus PRB cutting to the net. And I think it was Perron who took the shot. And, uh, you know, Rene just got lucky to make the save. Um, but, you know, it was a redirect. You know, you go back to, uh, you know, the the uh, game three with uh, the Blues only goal where, you know, it, it's a shot that's going wide and it hits, you know, the glove and goes back across the net. That's, that is what they need to do. They need to look for those opportunities. Don't be afraid to put the puck on net. I mean, just especially early in that game. Yep. Okay. Well, I mean, uh, so in uh, 24 hours, we will, well, maybe, no. Yeah. If the Blues are going to game six or, uh, or unless we're in overtime. Either that or we're all going to be terribly drunk because it, it is so deep in overtime. Uh, That's a Friday. Yeah. So drink away. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I, I, I can, I, you know what? I mean, I, I, it would be nice to have the Blues have like a nice comfortable 4 nothing win or 4-1 win, something that's, you know, they, they, they can uh, put some pa- past Rene and get some confidence. But, uh, but damn it, if overtime is not fun. So, uh, I don't, yeah, I don't care. Just yeah. win it any way possible. And I, I don't know that, uh, that, um, my hearts, um, my dogs, um, my girlfriend, I don't know that uh, any of these things can stand another overtime, uh, these playoffs. But, uh, if, if that's the route it has to go, that's the route it has to go. That's why I have whiskey. <laughs> Okay, uh, that'll uh, uh, do it for this uh, episode, episode 102. Um, you can uh, check us out on Twitter at LGB Radio. Send us a tweet, read them on the air. Uh, yeah, you can which, follow Bill. Yeah, I, did, I didn't see any tweets at us tonight. So no, we had we had Travis who pointed out my uh, your beer my error, error my, my my beer error. Yeah, um, and when you start point. out when you start out the show with an error, people are just gonna log off. Yeah. Oh, psh. this guy didn't know his beer. I'm logging off. Um, you can follow uh, Bill at, at @BillyBlueNote, and you can follow myself on Twitter at Kurt Price. <laughs> uh, don't forget to check out the Blue Note Sports Bar and Grill in Maryland Heights uh, for uh, check out a Blues game. And for so at so for Bill Day and the uh, the Jeff Ponder who is uh, trying to stay on high ground in Missouri. <laughs> which we didn't talk about that at all the flooding of missouri which has been ungodly ridiculous yeah yeah and, and so i don't know if you saw tonight that uh, uh nashville for uh, a couple of the things uh, a couple of their uh, charitable efforts related to the playoffs um they are uh sending money for uh flood relief uh which is uh, very classy um i thought we were trying to get to hate each other but i know come on nashville you're making this hard. <laughs> I almost tweeted out. I was like, oh, come on, I'm trying to hate you guys. Now I can't do it as much. Uh, but yeah, that's very cool. Uh, too. It's just, I mean, it's you know, just big picture stuff. 
um, a lot of people are, are uh, need that the relief effort, so any little bit helps. So that's uh, that's good to see. And so thank you, Nashville, and uh, the predators. Uh, for Bill Day and uh, myself, Kurt Price, that will conclude this week's broadcast of Let's Go Blues Radio. Until next time, everyone, let's go blues. Let's go blues. Thank you for listening to Let's Go Blues Radio. Now take off, hosers. Well, there's 90 minutes of your life you'll never get back. Sorry. (laughs) St. Louis Blues. St. Louis Blues. Have you heard the news about our St. Louis Blues? They've only just begun. They're on their way to number one. Now there's no more blues for our St. Louis Blues. The blues are on the ice tonight again. Rough and tough and got the stuff to win. They'll always get one more, no matter what the score. They are quite a hockey team, my friend.